Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bank at Night. Welcome in. This is Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. I'm Christian Ocero. Joined by my producer, Julio Sanchez. It's been a while since we've been on together, Julio. How's it going, man? That's right. It, uh, it's been quite a while. How's it, how's it been going, buddy? It's been good. I think it I, was the last time we did a show. Was that was that that? <laughs> Was that after the AFC Championship game? This is uh, I this think is that true. Was it. I think that was it. I didn't want to bring that up, but you know, I think that was it. That was the last time we uh, we did a show together. Was that awful AFC Championship game? We got to make up for it with this show. Yeah, right. It's gonna be a better show. Oh, I mean, look, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> you know, it's like normally this time of year, it's like college basketball. And we get like some trickles of NFL news because like right around this time of year is like right before the league year starts for for the NFL. So like maybe we get like some inklings of players who are going who are getting like franchise tagged or players who are going to test free agency or sometimes we hear about oh well, these two you know this team and and this player are, are coming out with uh, are working on a deal like a long term contract this week has been so heavy on, like, big national stories. The Calvin Ridley story, baseball finally coming back, the major trades in the NFL. There's so many stories that came out this week, and it's weird because that usually doesn't happen this time of year, especially a month after football ends. And this time of year, like, you've got the combine, combine's over. After that, there's not a whole lot of news until the the league year starts and free agency starts, but it hasn't happened yet. So this week was like a very, it was it was very much uh, very abnormal how we saw so much major stories popping up. So you know, like it was like day after day, it's like every day, like one big news story after another. Well, and it wasn't even just general NFL; it was yeah. had to do directly with the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, just major story on major story, but. The biggest one that happened for Kansas City is 
was the NFL trade news. Just, I mean, look, <laughs> I think some people are probably being a little too overconfident about the, the Chiefs situation here. I mean, look, these are some great trades for our, our division rivals in the AFC West. These are. I mean, we, the first one was the, the deal that saw the Broncos and the Seahawks make a, uh, a just a blockbuster trade. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at this situation here. You have the Broncos. They trade Drew Locke, their quarterback, who's let's be honest here, wasn't wasn't very good. Second round quarterback a couple years ago wasn't very good. Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, defensive lineman, two first round picks this year, next year, two second round picks this year, next year, and a fifth round pick this year. And they get back Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick this year from the Seahawks. And here, here's the thing. First off, let's, we all knew that the, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson were faking about the whole situation with them not, uh, them not there's no interest, there's no trade going to happen. I mean, this is Pete Carroll back in October of last year talking about how Russell Wilson's their quarterback of the future. Russ has been our quarterback for a good while. And we've got a long contract with them. And when all of the conversation went about trades and all that, I knew what the truth was. We're <laughs> trading Russell. And so, uh, um, you know, that's – so we plan on him being here for a good good while. I don't know how many years it is now, but we're in great shape and, and a long future uh, ahead of us is shared. Russ knows that and I know that and we, we're very clear about it. It's why it was really obvious that, that we just had to sit back and let the – you know the kind of the media take its course with, with the topic, and, and uh, so we did. And so we're in good shape and, and uh, both very clear about that. Yeah, so uh, blame the media. The media is the reason why this, this thing is a story. Then on Russell Wilson's side, this is from back in June of last year. Here's Russell Wilson talking about his relationship with the Seahawks. Well, I think there's a lot of confusion because uh, the reality is, is that I forget. I think I was in the Bahamas or somewhere, and everybody was saying that I requested a trade. And that wasn't true. So we made it clear that I did not request a trade. And then there was teams being flown around that I was going to go to those teams, this and that. And so, you know, I think that, you know, when you look back at it, you know, it's it's part of, uh, I don't know, it's, again, it's part of it, um, unfortunately. Um, it, you know, and I think that, you know, more than anything else, you know, that I got my wish, you know, in the sense that I've always wanted to play here. That's that's where I am. I, that's where I am right now. And, uh that's that's what I've always hoped for ever since 2012 when I put all the names in a hat and pulled out the Seahawks out of a hat, you know, and then uh, sure enough, about, I don't know, 30 days later, the Seattle Seahawks picked me. So, you know, that's that's my mission. That's my goal. And that's that's why I'm here today and ready to roll. First off, I don't know if I believe that story about him picking out the names from a hat or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if I yeah, believe that. No. That's not like that sounds like something that like a playboy tells every girl that he's trying to get with. He's like, oh no, yeah, you're the only one. You're the, you're the only girl I ever love. You special. You're special. You're not like those other girls. Like that. That first off, I don't. I don't know if I believe that. Like I'm calling BS on that one from Russell Wilson. Second off. We knew that he and Pete Carroll were lying the whole damn time. Look, I I, I said this about that that BS blog post that was put out about the uh, about the Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes like a month ago that we all knew was fake. Whenever you get official media sources, like official media people in the media reporting stuff in the news, know who they generally get that stuff from. 
from the people that are denying that, that, that it was said. So when someone is getting exact teams that Russell Wilson wants to be traded to, you know, he probably got that from either Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson's agent. They didn't get that from the the dude, the, the maid who cleans Russell Wilson in Sierra's house. They didn't get that from the next door neighbor who was peeking over the fence and heard them talking on their back patio. They got it from either Russ or more likely his agent because they're trying to go out here and get a deal done. Whenever you hear anything about the, the Seahawks and the Seahawks saying, oh, we're not going to trade him. First off, that's a business ploy by the Seahawks to get more out of any team that they're trying to you know, that's trying to get Russ because they know that they don't have to trade him if they don't want to. It's a negotiation tactic. Exactly. So if you say, well, we're not going to trade him. If somebody really wants to trade for him, like the Broncos, the Broncos are going to be more inclined to give multiple first round, second round picks, a trash quarterback, uh, you know, a decent tight end, good defensive lineman. Like they're going to be more than likely to go out there and sell the farm so they can get that quarterback. And, and that's what happened in this situation. And so I just found it funny that these sides were debating. I mean, not debating, but like they were, they were basically trying to deny what we already knew is true, especially when you've got exact teams being named. Like who's making that? Like what person who actually works for a major media source is really going to risk their career making up some BS like that? No one's going to do that. So whenever you get those stories, this is the reason why. It's always about the source of this news. If Ian Rappaport, if Adam Schefter, if Chris Mortensen, if they're reporting it, probably true because they probably got it from the source that actually that they're actually reporting on. But here's here's my thing about the the trade from Russell Wilson to the Broncos. I think that this reignites the fire in that rivalry that really hasn't existed probably since Peyton Manning was playing there in Denver. Like we, we obviously, we have this talk every time the chiefs play the Raiders or the Broncos. Who's the chief's biggest rival. It's one of the most cliched arguments we hear all the time. I don't know how many times I've been on the air or have listened on the end. You hear people. Oh, who, who's the chief's biggest, right? The Raiders. It's every time it's Raiders week. We always have that debate. And, I mean, let's be honest here. We know it's the Raiders because it's an irrational hatred that we have for that team. Like, we hate the Raiders because they're evil, not because they're competitive. It's not a competitive one. It's because they're bad. They're evil. They, They represent everything the NFL wasn't supposed to back in the day. But with the Broncos, it's a competitive rivalry. We hate them because they've been good, because they've been a they've been an obstacle in the path of the Chiefs being a great team, and because of that. That's why this rivalry hasn't really meant a whole lot the last few years. I mean, the main story around it has been the Chiefs just keep whooping the Broncos' ass every year, twice a year, and the Broncos haven't won since, what, 2015 against the Chiefs, I think? I think it was 2015. So, I mean, it's been a whole lot of ass whooping for half a, for half a decade now. And the Broncos are tired of getting their ass whooped by the Chiefs. They're tired of getting the seven wins – while they have a good defense and a bad quarterback that keeps holding them back. And so they made a move to ensure that they can be competitively viable in the future. Because John Elway knows that time's starting to run out on that, on that honeymoon period after winning that Super Bowl in 2015. 
he knows it's starting to it's starting to run a little thin, and they're about to sell the team, mind you. Like that that Broncos team's about to go up for sale, and he does not know who that new owner's gonna be. He doesn't know how much time that new owner's gonna give him. So he knows that he's gotta make a splash now. Because if he doesn't, and they keep trotting out mediocre-ass quarterbacks like Teddy Bridgewater or bad quarterbacks like Drew Locke, he might be in a situation where he's now having to, to potentially lose his job if he doesn't perf- you know, bring the results that the new ownership group or new owner in general wants. So it makes a lot of sense for him to go out there and make that deal. And it's now going to be problematic for the Chiefs because – You had a team in the Broncos that was already a pretty decent team. A lot of talent on offense. Defensively, had a pretty damn good defense. I mean, they've, especially against the Chiefs the last few years, they've probably caused more problems than any other team for the Chiefs as far as their defensive performance goes. That 2018 year where the the Chiefs played, the where Patrick Mahomes was MVP and the Chiefs offense was easily best in the NFL, 35 points per game. The team that probably did the best job against them was that was that Broncos team. Neither of those games was a cakewalk for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I remember that first game on Monday Night Football at uh, in in uh, in Denver at Mile High, and Patrick had to throw it left-handed, had to throw it across his body to the opposite side of the field. He had to do all these crazy plays just for them to pull out a, a pretty close win against Case Keenum. Like that's how good that defense is. They caused fits for the Chiefs early on in that in that game, and it was it was it was a tough fight. Mahomes had to go out there and do some generational type stuff in order for them to win that game. And you're talking about them potentially getting Von Miller back because he's shown a little interest in going back there. Now all of a sudden the Broncos become a threat because they've got a quarterback like Russell Wilson. And then there was the other big trade. And this one saw the Los Angeles Chargers trade a second-round pick this year and a sixth-round pick next year and get edge rusher, formerly of the Bears and the Raiders, um, Khalil Mack. And we've talked about this for like the last year or so now since the Chiefs have kind of taken up that top spot in the, in the AFC and been one of the perennial powerhouses in the NFL in general. Teams are seriously trying to upend the Chiefs' run at the top. Teams don't want the Chiefs to be the Patriots of the of the 2020s and beyond. They don't want them to be the team that's constantly winning their division, constantly going to conference championship games, and going to a bunch of Super Bowls. None of those teams want to do that, especially if you're as competitive as they are and if you're in this climate in the NFL – where you know that you got a short leash, not only as a coach, but as a general manager now. General managers now don't get like Carl Peterson-like runs, where you get like almost 20 years to go out there and head a franchise and not win a Super Bowl, not win a, a ton of playoff games, and not be competitively viable as far as championships go for most of your time. Nowadays, if you... Five years after you're you're in charge there, whatever franchise you're with, if five years from from that point you get hired, 
that team is not in the conversation for competing for championships, your job's kind of in jeopardy at that point. Now you've got fans like, oh, what about the GM? GM hired the coach. GM's the one that's making all the decisions on talent. Why is the GM still here if the team's not winning? So now you've got the guys in Los Angeles. You've got the guys in Denver realizing that they got to make some moves. They got to start doing some winning because they can't allow Patrick Mahomes to just dominate the conference, dominate the division. And the rest of the teams in the conference know that they can't allow him to dominate the conference. And the teams in the NFC know that they can't allow the Chiefs to keep dominating the NFL. So they got to get aggressive. And they got to go out here and start signing this premier talent when they can. You know, I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, about how I think the Rams could impact how a lot of teams handle their off seasons because the Rams went out there and made trades at key positions to get some high value and kind of overload their team. Like you saw with them at pass rusher where they already had a really strong pass rush. Okay, let's add Vaughn Miller. They already had a, a great receiving core. Okay, let's add OBJ. I feel like that's what teams are going to start doing now, and we're starting to see that here. Chargers probably didn't need another pass rusher, but it's pretty damn nice when you got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack go- coming off of either side at the quarterback, and it's going to make – the rest of your defense a hell of a lot better because now those corners don't have to cover for as long and quarterbacks certainly have a lot less time to go out there and scan the field. And when you're in a quarterback heavy division, like the AFC West is right now, it makes a lot of sense for you to be aggressive at trying to counter them with your, with your moves coming up next. I tell you who the real winner is in the MLB lockout. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. The Odyssey app as well. However you choose to listen to us, we appreciate it. Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. I mean, I, I assume you are paying attention to it. Uh, the, the Big 12 tournament, which is going on right now here yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I tell you this. I haven't watched a single second of Big 12 tournament basketball. I've kept tabs. It's I've been, kept tabs. It's been a stress. I, I was talking about upsets, man. I was talking about this with Dusty on Baylor, Texas, on Monday before we we went on the air uh, uh, here on Big at Night, and I was like, you know, March has been so stress free since I stopped rooting for KU. It's, I mean, I don't root for anybody in college basketball now. It's been so stress free now. Like but you're a Florida guy. No, I don't. I don't care about only Florida football. Only huh? Florida football. No, I mean I could claim because Florida's won more national titles of basketball than Kansas has in in my lifetime. So, you know, I could claim that. Take a seat. Take a seat. But it's it's always funny because like I normally this time of year, everyone, if you're like a college basketball fan, this is stressful as hell. Like conference tourney time is so stressful because you're like. 
A, you like you're worried about seeding in the NCAA tournament. Selection Sunday is always, especially if you're a KU eh, fan. No, I, I I disagree with that. Is See, it for Kansas fans? I think the the Big Twelve regular season is more important to Bill Self than the tournament. The tournament, y- well, yes, the you want to win the first couple rounds. Yeah, I agree to to you know solidify your seeding in the NCAA tournament. But I don't think he takes it as serious as as the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Bill Self. I'm talking about fans though, like. Fans care about the seeding. They care about the performance in the tournament, and they care about the seeding. Because every year, and we talked about this uh, off the air, every year Kansas fans are going to complain yeah, about, it's always a bad the, draw. about Selection Sunday. It's always a bad draw. About who they get in the tournament. <laughs> They're going to complain about it. So it, it is, like, since I am no longer... I have a rooting interest in college how, basketball. How do you just stop rooting for a team? It's easy. How, no, it's not easy. It's like easy. you're a fair weather fan to I'm begin with. I'm not a fair weather fan. You are. If you just stop no. rooting for a team, that's exactly no. that's the exact definition no, of a fair weather I didn't, fan. They made the final four a few years ago. I didn't. I didn't and come you back on the bandwagon. No, I didn't. I didn't. I was like, oh, cool. Unbelievable. I was like, cool. I guess. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, Unbelievable. Good for them. Like that was that was exactly what it was. It was Got like it. went to Mizzou. Like. Oh, dude, I was, was a Kansas treated, fan I was treated terribly at Mizzou Florida, being a Kansas fan. Like, dude, I was treated terribly. Pick one and stick with it. I mean, I'm a Florida football fan. I was a Florida. I'm, a, I'm still a Florida football fan, but I was a KU basketball fan because my dad's was, a KU basketball fan. Was. Yeah, I am reformed. I have been corrected, and I am no longer. I mean, I, I still hope they're successful. You're just not a college basketball fan. In I general, just can't. Right? I can't. I'll talk more about that later on in the show about why. I, I think that is because I'm not the only one. I, I talked about it a lot with Dusty. Dusty's kind of the same way. Like he still roots for KU, but like he he doesn't he don't have his he's not, he don't get in his feelings when KU has their inevitable Sweet 16 upset. You know he's not like that. So you know, I'll get into more of that later on in the show. KU right now is up 21-15 on TCU. TCU been making it hard for KU this year. It's a tough matchup. They've been making it hard. Big and physical is not uh, not Kansas Forte. Them Texas teams have been causing problems for KU this year. Yeah, big athletic physical. Yeah. yeah, So I want to talk about this lockout. And just to let y'all, I'm happy about this lockout is over. It was a lockout. It was a lockout. I'm happy that it's over. Like, for though I, I talked about though? this, yeah, I am. I care less. I'm I'm happy. Care less. I'm happy because I'm happy my Royals baseball. Congratulations. Be back. I'm very excited about my Royals baseball being back. Like I'm, I I don't care about any other team out there. I don't. I'm not watching any other baseball that's not that doesn't have a Royals team in it. Like I don't care about Padres Dodgers. That's the majority of MLB fans, isn't it? No yeah. one. No one is a general fan of of the. There's still. It, I mean, there still are some. It's like centric. It's it's. Like the hardcore baseball fan is dying. Like probably literally yep. too, because the demographic is much older. The demographic is much older. But like, because it's like, I think the average age, <laughs> the average age is like 57, I think, for for baseball's uh, median age for viewers. So it, it, it's, it's definitely an aging demographic. But still, like, even up until a few years ago, I was still like watching. Yankees Red Sox on Sunday night baseball. If you know, I just happen to have nothing else going on that Sunday night, but I'm not anymore. I'd rather watch the golden girls. Well, I'm not watching that. I think I'd watch, I think I'd watch baseball. I think I'd rather watch baseball than golden. Give me golden girls. girls. I'm good on that. But so the interesting part about this lockout is that the owners tried their damnedest. 
they tried their hardest to make it seem as if, A, we as fans were going to be drastically hurt by the this lockout. They really wanted us, the, the baseball fan, to be hurt by it, which doesn't make any damn sense because I think most people who watch baseball would agree that 162 games is too damn long. Like, I think we can all agree. Like, I mean, I yep. love my Royals baseball, but I do not pay attention for 162 games. I just don't. Like, even when the Royals were, you know, 2014, 2015 World Series teams, I I didn't pay attention to every single game. I was not interested in that Wednesday matinee game. I was going to check the score. I was going to check the, the stat line. I was going to look at some of the averages every few days. But I was not going to go out of my way to try and consume Royals baseball, even during the the, the great years, the championship years. So it, it it was funny to me how they attempted to manipulate that that whole situation. And I I said on Sunday that I think that the owners are probably are, are the players are at fault to a degree because they were asking for some things that frankly weren't going to help their entire interest as a whole. But the owners were mainly at fault because they were disingenuous about their attempts to try and get a deal done in a timely manner. They were faking the whole time. I mean, let's be honest here. Like it, this is funny. So Rob Manfred did a, a press conference, basically, you know, announcing lockouts over, we come to agreement and everything. And the owners ratified it last night. Um, players were reporting to spring training today. Free agency started today. You've got a bunch of deals that have been happening today. Uh, certainly not at the gravity of, you know, what we're going to see next week with NFL free agency, but you know, stuff's been happening. Listen to my, Rob Manfred here. Kind of, I don't know if he did this intentionally, but he's kind of explaining why the, the owners kind of lost in this whole negotiation. The way the process of collective bargaining is designed to work under the statute, it's really driven by two things, time and economic leverage. And, you know, no agreement comes together before those two things play out in a way that you find common ground. Um, I think we made an agreement when it was possible to make an agreement. And on the surface, it just sounds like, hey, you know, we were disagreeing and we finally came together. But if you've been really paying attention to how the owners have handled this, you'd know that the owners took a big L. Like, if you look at the, the list of agreements that they came to, pretty damn player-centric. First off, um, they the players got their increase in minimum salary. Now it's a $780,000 minimum salary for pre-arbitration players, plus there is a, a now increase in the bonus pool for pre-arbitration players, which is now $50 million. You have draft pick inducements, so punishments for teams that engage in service time manipulation, which was something I talked about last Friday. It's big. It's huge because there are a lot of players that get screwed with service time and end up having to spend another year with the team without getting paid the big money, which is really unfair because it's basically another year that they make minimum salary. And you would be mad too if a team basically was able to screw you out of getting paid big money for your work in a, in a, you know, in whatever field you're in because of some stupid rule that they could, they could work their way around. You also had 
Um, a limit to the number of times players can be optioned in a single year. This was just one of those situations where the, and, and they also kind of caved a little bit on the, the luxury tax number. Now it's up to 230 from the owner's original 220 that they proposed. So, you know, they were able to get it up to the high point that the owners were wanting it to be about five years from now. So that's, that's good for them. That's good for the players. They got a lot in return. And that quote to me is important because it shows you the owner's mindset. The owners thought that if they, if they bleed the clock and they really tried not to negotiate because it's their lockout and well, these players, they're not getting no money. They're getting $20,000 over two months from the players association. They're broke. We are rich. So if we just bleed the clock and then right before spring training is supposed to start, say that, okay, now if you don't agree to our demands, then we're just going to start canceling games and cost you more money. And we're willing to, to cancel games. They thought that the players would cave. Players didn't do that. The players are like, oh, you want to play like that? Okay, we will wait. We will wait you out. And every time, like, because we, we heard last week, they're like, oh, we're canceling games. And then, and I, 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 me and Dusty talked about this on Monday, like they came out. It came out that night that the, that the owners were like, okay, well, if we come to an agreement by Tuesday night, then we won't cancel any games. Uh, and, you know, every, you, know, we'll, you know, everything, you know, baseball will start on time. But if not, we're going to cancel another two series and players are not going to get any back pay for those missed games. And also players will not get that need service time in order to advance their contracts a year will not be able to do it. So they basically threatened most players in baseball uh, or, or the young players in baseball that they're going to get screwed out of a year in an attempt to try to get them to agree to their demands. And the players are like, nah, fam, we're not doing that. And it did, it took all the way until Thursday for them to get that deal done. And I just, it was, it was so funny because when that happened, I was like, yep, the players got the dub here, especially when you start seeing these details trickle out. And it just shows you why the owners, none of this was ever in good faith. They didn't care about trying to do right by the players. They were just trying to win. They were just trying to get a W because the owners are so used to having the power to do whatever they want. And the players are, have been in a situation where most of those guys can't afford to go out and be in a, in a lockout situation. Many of these guys aren't getting paid huge money. And there's a lot of guys out there that, are in a position where they're going to have to spend years not making a ton of money down in the minor leagues. And so they want to play baseball. There are guys that want to advance their contracts. Maybe they don't like where they play, or maybe they're tired of being down in a, in a position where they're not able to show their skills off. It's hard for them to advance their, their careers if they're not playing games. And baseball, the owners knew that and tried to use that against him. And the players didn't buckle. The players said, okay, if you want to play it that way, we'll play it that way. And I respect the players for going out there and using that against them because a lot, we see it in the NFL all the time. And it was funny because Kenny Stills, um, 
wide receiver in the NFL came out and was like, oh, we're, you know, they, they, the NFL PA put out like a tweet of solidarity with the, with the, uh, with the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association last week. And Kenny Stills is like, y'all can't be going out here and showing solidarity because y'all can't even fight the way that the Major League Baseball Players Association is. And he's right. You've got a situation where like only 52% of, of NFL players are agreeing to the CBA. So it's barely passing there. And they are getting killed in negotiations by the NFL players. So I very much understand where Stills is coming from. And I got a lot of respect for that Major League Baseball Players Association for being like, nah, we are not going to go out here and let y'all push us around. Finally standing up after all the L's they've taken over the last. They've been taking a lot of L's too. Who knows how many years. We're talking decades of getting owned by the owners. Yeah. Like service time manipulation has always been a big problem. We talk about it every time a star player gets called up and I, and that's like and I, and I I'll say this it's a smart thing to do especially for a team like the Royals because you're probably not going to be able to pay Bobby Witt Jr when his contract's up you're probably not going to uh, if he lives up to all the the hype he's you're probably not going to keep him unless he takes a hometown discount so it's nice to be able to do that if you're a team like the Royals but it's not fair to the player and at the end of the day, the players should be able to have more control over their futures. And that's the reason why I'm perfectly cool with them putting something like that into the new CBA. We'll talk more about some of the rule changes that came with the new CBA later on the show. But coming up next, I'm going to tell you why the NFL has really a, probably a little too harsh on Calvin Ridley. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Already 40 minutes into the hour. This is Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. Just rolling with it tonight, huh? I know, right? No, we're, we're late to these last couple breaks. You've been been on a roll. Well, I, didn't I want mean, to I, I, you, I, you know? I, I do that for a reason. Right? I do that for a reason. I'm a, dude, you, the only breaks that really matter is the last one of this show. That's true. That's the only one that matters. And you know me. I, I, I can be cook. long-winded. Yeah, I was letting you cook. It's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm, always, Curry. I'm always like that. I just tell every, I tell every producer, the first two segments, just be ready to go over. As long as we get out in a reasonable time at the end of the hour. I, I usually cut it close. You're giving away trade secrets over there. I'm not giving up all the secrets. That's not like an important secret here. That's not, let's be honest. That's not an important secret. That's fair. That's not a, that's not, that's like a peek behind the curtain. It's like, oh, I wasn't that impressed by that. (laughs) So there was a, a pretty eye opening story earlier this week. Uh, Monday, this broke that the NFL suspended Falcons wide receiver, Calvin Ridley for an entire, for the entire 2022 season for uh, betting on NFL games, including the, his, his team, the Atlanta Falcons. He did this after he was taking his mental health sabbatical from the game. And they caught him. First off, the way they caught him was really, really dumb. 
<laughs> they it caught is. this dude because he used one of the apps that the NFL's one of the official apps the NFL was partnered with to bet on games. He was keeping it official, man. Come on. He wanted to be on the up and up. Yeah, and I, I know that, but you're an NFL player. Oh, that's a problem? It's a that's, problem. A, that's a problem? That's stupid. What? Like, here's my thing. If Who'd you're going to do it, don't do it through the official partner of the NFL. At least try and be slick about At it? At least have a family member or someone that's doing it. Have a friend that's doing it. Like, you, you can't go out here and do it yourself. That's like if you like if you get like drugs mailed to your house and you get busted by by uh, the DEA because of that. Like, that's dumb. Don't get drugs mailed to your house. The USPS guy may look at you funny. Yeah. So. Some, or, or you I'm not might talking open, from experience or you all. might open the package and then the DEA bust down your door and they tackle you. And, you know, because you got a, a case of some things you shouldn't have ordered through the mail. Even if it's just edibles, I'm just saying they, they might. It might look at you funny. Again, not from speaking from experience. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but it was just it like that was the first thing that once the details started coming out about this. It was like, what are you doing, Calvin? Like it'd be different if they like had this this real deep, crazy investigation like you see on like uh like you see on like uh Law and Order, where they have to go through all these different channels and whatnot. You know, I've been watching a lot of I've been watching I watch a lot of uh, crime shows anyways, like Forensic Files and whatnot. Uh, they actually just started Forensic Files two, I think, last week. I need to get caught up on these episodes. Ooh. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Like it'd be different if it was one of them type of investigations where you got to get CSI in there and they gotta they gotta go through this, you know, the, these electronic detectives and they gotta go through these channels. Like they just looked at a log and it said Calvin Ridley fifteen hundred dollars. That's a not even that thing. much either. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. He got suspended like $1, for fifteen hundred dollars, bro. Like I, I feel like they like punished him so severely because of how dumb he was about yeah, it. Yeah, he got fifteen. Like at least like, they were trying to be slick about it. Like, all right, we'll we'll give you half season. No, got, you're a full season because you're an idiot. He got suspended because he bet tax return money on. Right, that's the not game. even that's less than tax return money. <laughs> tax like, return money on the games. And I, I'll say this: the NFL had to suspend Calvin Ridley. He they had no to. doubt they no doubt. absolutely had to. I don't even, but, and here's my thing. I don't care that he was betting on games. I, if anyone knows me, I, you know, I'm, I'm technically he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. He wasn't and involved he bet for his team. team. He bet he bet on his team he to bet win. on his team. That's what I'm saying. Like, so it was, it was somewhat innocent. Like if it, if it came out that Pete Rose was betting on the Reds to win those games that he managed, it looks a little bit better. Cause he's like, okay, Agreed. he Agreed. got, com- I got confidence in my team. You know, I'm trying to win instead of it'd be different if he was betting on them to lose. It'd be a different story. Cause then you're like, okay, maybe he probably affected the results of the game. It's a lot easier to control losing than winning. So at least in that part, in that was a nine game parlay or whatever, he bet on the Falcons to win. And it, he ended up losing like, God, it was like a 10, 11 million dollars. He lost on that parlay at the end. So, you know, he, you know, didn't really work out, but fifteen hundred dollars for an NFL player ain't that much money to to bet in. Uh, you know, as far as dropping the bucket, but they had to support. They had to suspend him. My issue, though, is suspending him for an entire season for doing this. Like I understand that you got to be protective of your game, of the integrity of your game, because. In sports, fans very much take the results of these games uh, with the utmost importance, especially in football, when you have gambling, when you have fantasy, 
you playing with a lot of people's money when you're in that situation. And none of these people want the feeling that the results are not legitimate before whatever reason. So I understand the NFL wanting to protect its enterprise, but there's no proof that what he did had any effect on this at all. It didn't. No, it didn't. no proof whatsoever. It didn't. So it was just really a set, make him an example type punishment. It was, well, if we do this and we spend it for a year, then anyone else is doing it. Let's be honest here. A lot of people are doing it. Just not doing the way that Calvin Ridley's doing it and putting their, their government name on an app and letting them track his, his parlay bets. They're having someone else. They're having a fall guy go out there and do it, like, like Chris Carter once said. Uh, very smart, very smart piece of advice there by, uh, by Chris Carter. Right. Very smart piece of advice. Like they, they got their fall guy doing it so they don't, it doesn't come back to them. And that's where he messed up. And I understand the NFL trying to go out there and do it, but let's be honest here. The NFL don't really have a good track record of getting their priorities straight. When you start messing with their money, they'll suspend you for a year. But if you go out there and commit domestic violence against a woman, all of a sudden, oh, no, we'll, we'll spend you for half the season. You know, Kareem Hunt, you kick the lady on camera. Eight games. You know, Jeff, I mean, Jeff Hardy, <laughs> Greg Hardy, you, you out there and beat with his wife, I think. Just awful. They're gruesome photos. Ten games. Ten-game suspension. And now he's out here getting his ass beat by guys in the UFC. Like, it's just... For me, the NFL doesn't got their priorities straight. If you're going to punish guys the way that you punished Hardy and Kareem Hunt, can't suspend Calvin Ridley for an entire season for betting on his team to win in a game that he wasn't involved in in a nine-game parlay for $1,500. Like, seriously, it'd be different if he bet millions of dollars on them to lose. And... Then all of a sudden you saw him half-assing routes out there on the field so he could make a little extra cash, get a little signing bonus, if you will. It'd be different if he was doing that. But that's not what happened. He wasn't involved with the team very much. He was on a mental health hiatus. And you're going to go out there suspend him for an entire season? Like, I understand that there are some irrational people that are going to kind of treat this the same way they treat Pete Rose and that situation there. But this ain't the same situation. Are we, we going to tie this back to the uh, to the Dolphins owner, by oh, the way? Oh yeah, Cause, right. We got to we got to weave that web because right? we got to talk about that. Right? And, there has to be something. Yeah, and we'll talk about the implications of that coming up next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. Final few minutes here of the first hour. Bink at night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. The Odyssey app, Christian Oceros, Julio Sanchez. Last before, uh, before you get into it, 4430 yeah. halftime. He hawks up over TCU. Man. Are you feeling pretty good about this? Yeah. Kansas came to play tonight. I, I like I like what I'm seeing, especially against a, a tough matchup like yeah, this. Yeah, they've been them. struggling against some Texas yeah. teams this year. No, oh, it's good. It's good. I'm just, like I said, I, we talked about this early in the show. I'm very happy. I don't have to. I don't. This is always a stressful week for me when I was a KU fan, but now it's just a few.
few days here before daylight savings time begins. You're Start gonna, getting the spring weather on Sunday. You're going to tune in for March Madness, right? Like the, the actual yeah, NCAA I mean, I'll have tournament. It, I'll have it on. on. I'll mainly have it so I can watch like Charles Barkley and the inside NBA, inside the NBA crew talk about it. Act like they care. they watch and know about college. Oh, they basketball, don't. They, they even know they, they don't. No we all, we, they know they don't. Miss we know they and, don't. But like, I want to hear Chuck say some off the wall things during the pre and post game. I mean, that, I'll be real. That's like one of my favorite crews of all time. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll say this: one of the most entertaining crews. One of my favorite hobbies is to just I watch I I record inside the NBA and I just go back and watch it. Yeah, just just to just, watch the post game show, just to hear Shaq yeah. and and. and and Charles Barkley like yep. argue about something and all the 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 because <laughs> they be saying some mean stuff about these players and like the the They're thing about mean stuff about each other. Oh yeah, I love that too. That's I I want they. There's a there's like uh, there's a lot of accounts on YouTube that just like have like highlights from that show, like the funniest things from each month. And I'll go back and watch those every now and then. So love that. That's gonna be the best part about the tournament. Uh, but I I I mean I'll check the games out because I you know I work from home so like I can. Oh, I can peep it on my in quotes. Uh, oh, I do work from home. I mean, I I mean, I quote unquote work from home. But yeah, you know, I, I work from home. So last segment we talked about this Calvin Ridley situation and how the NFL was correct in trying to protect their interests by punishing him for betting on football. But it was a little too harsh because the circumstances are not Pete Rose like. And if you're angry about what Calvin Ridley did and trying to compare that to Pete Rose, you're you're stretching a little too far. You know, you're getting that Mr. Fantastic reach right there. But I will say this. There's another problem that comes from this. And if the NFL doesn't handle this with the severity that they handled the Calvin Ridley situation with, we're going to see where their priorities really lie. And that's with the allegations that came out from former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores in his lawsuit with the NFL. And in that lawsuit, he alleges that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him money to tank games. Now, we know, I've said this before, that the NFL has every right to go out there and protect their enterprise. But this is a situation that they absolutely it's this is way more dangerous than player betting on, you know, betting on football game that he's not playing in and he's betting on a team to win, mind you. This is a situation where you got an owner actively saying, "I want my coach to sabotage my team so that we can get a better draft pick." And the problem that that creates is that a there's a lot of us that are going to be in a spot where we have players that we are using in money fantasy leagues, in DFS, and we're like, okay, well, I would very much like to stay away from players on those teams because I know that the players on those teams probably are, there's probably not being in the best position. I'm sure that a lot of people in their fantasy leagues this year are going to be very careful about considering the Dolphins for any sort of fantasy options. There's going to be a lot of question marks about the legitimacy of the results that we see out there. Even if they're actively trying to win now, 
There's going to be question marks about that. And frankly, we're going to have question marks about a lot of different teams out there because Hugh Jackson, who used to be the coach for the Browns, said that he was offered the same thing from Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. And the NFL cannot have owners actively trying to incentivize losing for their teams. We know what happens. But the thing is, is with so much gambling happening, so much fantasy sports happening, you cannot have people questioning the results of your games because there's a lot of teams that are certainly going to be looking at the results that their division rivals got, that their that other teams that are in the wild card race got, that could have affected the results of the of the of them being able to get into the playoffs. There's a lot of implications here, and that is a very dangerous situation to be in if you're the NFL because you might not have as legitimate results as you've been telling us. So I hope that the NFL is very, very strong about the allegations that they have with the Dolphins, with the Browns, because if they're not, if they are not vigorous with the punishments, if they do find out that these teams were actively tanking, then all of a sudden we're going to be talking about kind of an a ass-backward situation here where you punish a player for doing wrong, but you don't punish the owners for doing wrong. Probably going to have to sell that team. Coming up next, i tell you why Chiefs fans are probably in denial about how good the AFC West is now. If you're going to have a crew, one of them fools got to know he going to jail. We'll get him out. We'll get him out. <laughs> this is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 